evening, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? You doing great? Doing awesome. Awesome. Welcome back to the Castro Files. Thanks for tuning in tonight or this afternoon or this morning or whatever you're going to watch Thanks for this. tuning in. Yeah. I really need to just start saying generally thanks for tuning yeah. in. Uh, forgive me for my allergy voice. We're both like that. Tonight, we live in South Texas, so we have cedar, cedar fever. fever. It's a thing, and it's a real thing. But we're gonna get through it. We've got a, we've got. I, so we're gonna change things up moving forward. Yes. Um, we're gonna start dropping a show on Sundays, and then start dropping a show on Tuesdays. Correct. At eight o'clock, same time. We'll break them up because one of the things I wanted to make sure is that you guys have time to listen to both of the stories. Right. Right. And so I'm going to do a story and I think we'll drop it on Sundays and then we'll drop Beth's stories on Tuesdays because they're equally great. You always have great stories. I like the stories that I've, of course, that I talk about. Right. But I want to make sure y'all have time to to watch them. So there'll be, instead of it being about 40 minutes or so, there'll be about 20 minutes each. Yeah. I think it'll be kind of cool to uh, have a couple of, uh, episodes a week yeah, i think that's awesome. so i think that'll be kind of cool but in the meantime you can go out follow us on the castro files out on instagram and then also on youtube like and subscribe if you don't mind Please. if you're just new to the channel yes and then we also post things out to the bar is open uh with beth and greg as well so on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, all, all of, of those, the places you follow if you want to listen to the audio show you follow them on out on those under the bar is open with beth right. and greg maybe someday we'll eventually get its own channel maybe but we need to figure that part out so nonetheless i've got a story to share yes that is about hitchhikers okay have you ever picked up a hitchhiker no i didn't think you would girls don't tend to pick up hitchhikers Mm -hmm. or hitchhike too much that's what i was kind of thinking maybe back in like the 70s or 60s or something or 50s or whatever it was a bigger thing right um I remember I picked up a couple of dudes like going from the beach. I lived in New Ham- uh, Hampton, New Hampshire. It was like right a mile away from my home, from like the main town of Hampton down to right. the beach. So instead of like having to walk just this long straight road right. to pick up people, eh, it can be a little daunting, sketchy. No, yeah, not, not daunting, daunting, sketchy. If you're if, like a dude, you're like, daunting eh, a little, whatever. I right. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Not nowadays, today. No. Right. But back in the day, that was just kind of a mode of transportation, like jump in the back of my truck kind of thing. Right. They didn't ride in the cab. I'm not you. saying everybody's creepy. Well, but you never know anymore. You just never know. Nope. So the story I'm going to go through, it's going to be several stories, kind of okay. like this little clips of okay. it is called The Vanishing Hitchhiker. Okay. It's like ghosts. And there's a lot of these really? instances, right? I can't wait to hear. Um, where somebody picks somebody up mm-hmm. and then they get in the car with them and they're driving and they just kind of disappear. That's so weird. I don't know. I have a very, like going, growing up in New Hampshire again, it's kind of, it was kind of a common thing, but I remember I have a very vivid memory of driving down route one, which is like going from Hampton to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Right. Okay. And there was this creepy dude on the side of the road. Like, creepy. And I was like, you kind of get that feeling. You're like, I'm not picking that guy up. up. Right? You know? And uh, so there's that. Right? But there are these, some of these cases are just like normal. So this is the article. This was an article that was written in 1981, actually, about this kind of phenomenon of the vanishing hitchhiker. So it was webified by Bernd Wechner. 
Um, and it is on burned.wickner.info. So that's where you can find the article. So I'll jump into it. Okay. All right. A prime example of adaptability of older legends is the vanishing hitchhiker, the classic automobile legend. This returning ghost, uh, yeah, returning ghost tale was known by the turn of the century, both in the United States and abroad. It acquired the newer automobile motif by the period of the Great Depression <coughs> and thereafter spawned a number of subtypes with greatly varied and odd, oddly interlocking details, some of which themselves stemmed from an earlier folklore legend. Merely sampling some of the many vanishing hitchhiker variants that have been collected over a period of time for some 40 years can help us trace the legend's incredible development. Surely most readers already know a local quote-unquote true account, or maybe two or three, similar to the next example I'm going to give you, as told by a teenager in Toronto, Canada, 1973. So this is the first example. Well, this happened to one of my girlfriend's best friends and her father. They were driving along a, ro a country road on their way from home, away home from a cottage that they, when they saw a young girl hitchhiking. They stopped and picked her up, and she got in the back seat. She told the girl and her father that she had just lived in a house about five miles up the road. She didn't say anything after that, but just turned and watched out the window. When the father saw the house, he drove up to it and turned around to tell the girl they'd arrived, but she wasn't there. Both he and his daughter were really mystified and decided to knock on the door and tell the people what had happened. They told them, they told them that they had once had a daughter who answered to the description of a girl they had supposedly had picked up. But she disappeared some years ago and last been seen hitchhiking on this very road. Ooh, today, scary. today would have been her birthday. Wow. So you go, there's a lot of these and we're going to go through several more. There is even stories in Japan after the tsunami that hit the mm -hmm. Fukushima disaster yeah. that happened when they basically just everybody had to move. Yeah. People died and stuff like that. There are more recent stories than this that okay. that has happened to as well. I don't have those stories wow. specifically in here, but you go what's going on. Yeah. This is going to be a thing that you're going to see. The version has a basic element, not necessarily original ones, well known in oral tradition and occasionally reported in newspapers since the early 1930s. The stable story units have been labeled in brackets in the following text from South Carolina collected by workers of the South Carolina's Writers Project sometime between 1935 and 1941. Next story. A traveling man who lived in Spartanburg on his, was on his way home one night when he saw a woman walking along the side of the road. He stopped his car and asked the woman if he could take her where she needed to go. She, said, she stated that she was on her way to visit her brother, who lived about three miles further on the same road. He asked her to get in the car and sit by him, but she, she said she would sit in the back of the car. Conversation took place for a while as they rode along, but soon the woman grew quiet. The man drove until he reached the home of the woman's brother, whom he knew, then stopped his car to let the woman out. When he looked behind him, there was no one in the car. He thought that rather, he thought that rather strange, so he went into the house and informed the brother that the lady had gotten into his car to ride with, had gotten into his car to 
ride to see him, but when he arrived at the house, the lady had disappeared. The brother was not alarmed at all and stated that the lady was his sister who had died two years before. He stated that this traveling man was, uh, I'm sorry, he, sta- he said that this traveling man was the seventh to pick up his sister along the road to visit him, but that she had never reached his house. Huh. Just in That's another crazy. case. Variations of the vas- basic story and trying to sort them out into any kind of possible chronological development is hampered by the fact that the date when the version happened to be collected and published bears little relationship to its possible age and tradition. So there's, it's just this folkloric kind of thing happening, right? So the next one, the plot has several twists and turns in this 1935 version wow. from Berkeley. The story was heard in a Durant Avenue boarding house. <clears throat> told several times as a true story. It happened to a friend of the narrator. The fr- this friend was driving a Hearst, driving up Hearst Avenue one rainy night. As he came to the North Gate, he saw a girl, a student with books under her arm, waiting for a streetcar. Since these had stopped running, he offered her a ride. She lived up on Uslid, she lived up on Uslid the road. <clears throat> they drove along Euclid quite a way with some conversation. As they were crossing an intersection, another car came down a steep hill, and they would have crashed if the girl had not pulled the emergency brake. The fellow was flabbergasted and sat looking, in, looking at the car, which pulled around him and went on. When he remembered his companion and looked over, she was gone. Since it was nearer, near her home, he assumed she had simply gotten out and to walk the remainder of the way, but he, she had left a book on the seat. The next day he went to return the book. He found her father, an English professor at home. He said the girl was his daughter, that she had been killed in an auto accident at the very same corner one or two years ago to that very day. But since the fellow had the book, the father took it to the library to look on one of the shelves for it. He found the place where the book had been vacant. Ooh, wow. So you start going, all right. These start to be tales, and these are old. This isn't right. these. These are stories that are told. <clears throat> Keep in mind, this isn't like current day stories. This article is from 1981, right? And that story is from 1935, right? <clears throat> so you start saying, <clears throat> "All right, this isn't ghost like, adventures, no, it, it, and stuff, right? Yeah, like so, that one had a purpose. Like she saved his life, right? It's that's a very cool kind of thing, and that's yeah. you know. So you start thinking about that, yeah. The next story. There's an example from 1940 in Los Angeles. The pickup that picks up in these variants is so often made up, made at a club or a dance rather than along a street or highway. This actually happened to a fellow I know. He and his friend were in a beer joint in downtown Los Angeles. Exactly. That's how old these stories yeah. are. You call it, you just, I saw your mouth, beer, beer joint, joint, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, how about a bar or whatever? They met at a. They met a young woman there. She asked them if they'd take her home, which is kind of a. That's an old school shit thing to do, right? Like you're not being like, no. "Hey guys, you want to take me home?" That's not something we do yeah, anymore. That that has a different meaning today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. She asked them if they'd take her home because she lived in the same neighborhood as they did. So they all got in the car and she sat in the back seat. There's that's a common thread too. Back seat, right? Yeah. It was very cold. It was a very cold night, and she borrowed one of their overcoats. When they reached the Evergreen Cemetery, she asked them if they'd stop for a minute. So they stopped and let her out. They waited. When she didn't come back, they thought she had stolen the overcoat. They got a little aggravated and went out to look for her. 
They went into the cemetery and looked around. Then they saw the overcoat dra- draped over a uh, headstone. I knew it was going to be on a headstone. Right. So she was going back to she went home. her resting place. Right. Right. So most virgins incorporated the borrowed coat or sweater motif improve upon climax by first establishing through a conversation of her at home who she then runs into and then dies. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's always these kind of like, that's the folklore part. Yeah. So there's next one that comes from Chicago in 1941. These just keep coming and coming. And that's what, that's the really interesting part of if you're driving down the road and you decide to pick somebody up. So we have a road that would be, Perfect for this scenic loop, yes, which is just out, just out in Helotus, Texas, right? Just outside of Helotus, Texas, I guess. And it is just windy road, and there's a what's the uh, the the gray moss in gray moss, and it's very haunting, right? And that's a it's a perfect place, yeah. Well, and it's very woodsy, and like the whole street, it's all grow overgrown. That's what you imagine with this, right? So this story, the mysterious story, went to went the rounds here last winter. And this is again from 1941, okay. and I first heard it from a f- quote unquote a friend who heard it from a friend in Chicago who heard it from her neighbor. Okay. So yeah, Mike the cab driver tells the story of a mysterious fair where he where he had early did he had earlier in December. Cruising on the street in downtown Chicago, he picked up an elderly sister of some Catholic order and was ordered to take her to Blank Street. He had his radio on and they talked about Pearl Harbor for a while. She said it won't last more than four months. Then they drove on and Mike drew up at drove up to the address, jumping out to the open the cab door. He was surprised <clears throat> to find nobody there. Afraid the little old lady had jumped her fare, he hastened to inquire at the address. It was a convent, and when questioned by the superior in charge, Mike told her of the sister who had disappeared and hadn't paid her fare. She says, what did he look like? What did she look like? The superior asked. And explained that no sister from the convent had been downtown that day. As Mike described her, he happened to look at a picture hanging on the wall behind the superior's desk. That's her. And thought to himself that he would get the fare after all. But Mother Superior smiled quietly and said, but she's been dead for 10 years. Interesting. Right? wonder why she, as a nun, why she's still a ghost. There's some... <laughs> Good question, right? Mm-hmm. Did she do something wrong? She's not ready to go yet. Maybe she's just not ready. Yeah. To go into the But light. to jump into a cab? It's very um, intelligent for being a spirit. I don't feel like walking... So the past story, like leaving a book, right? Maybe if she had left the Bible, I'm like, sir, you need to pray more, <laughs> right? Or something. You need this more than I <laughs> you do. You need this more than I do. Yeah. I live in a church or a convent, and we have plenty. Yeah. Right. Like you go to any hotel, and there's a, you know. And who so. was she that she had a picture up? Somebody. Well, I mean, Important. maybe, perhaps, right? Mm, yeah. So next story in San Francisco, very in a San Francisco variation of the tale collected by the following. Uh, collected the following year, the cab driver recognized his passenger in a life life size statue of the Blessed Virgin. While in some in some Kingston, New York versions, <clears throat> excuse me, the passenger was identified as Mother Cabrini, 
the first American citizen canonized as a Catholic saint. So there's the answer. I hadn't read that. Ah, I forgot about that part. About eight years earlier, versions of the prophesizing passenger subtype of the legend associated with the century of progress exposition. I don't know what the hell all that means. But nonetheless, the next one is from Joliet, Illinois in 1933. This is happening on, and yeah, there's no social media. No. These are just collected stories, right? Yeah. That's all. uh, That's us. Right. The last 20 years. Right. People in an automobile going to the Century of Progress Exposition in Chicago are hailed by a woman with a traveling bag standing by the roadside. They invite her to ride and she gets in the car, but her face is dark and they are unable to see it clearly. She gets into into conversation and tells them that the fair in Chicago is going to slide off into Lake Michigan in September. She gives them her address in Chicago and invites them to call her or to call there, which they turn around and speak to or when they turn around to speak to her, they cannot find her. She's disappeared. They go to an address and meet a man, meet a man. Usually it's the woman's husband. After he's he has heard the story, he says, yes, that was my wife. She died four years ago. Next story. Bluffton, Indiana. July, uh, January 25, 1942. Miss Robert Nutton of Elwood, Indiana, related this story here today. She and her husband driving in India, Indianapolis, driving to Indianapolis to visit her sister. Mrs. August, uh, August Lemgruber saw an old man walking along the road and gave him a ride. I have no money to pay for your kindness, he said as he left the car, but I can answer any questions you may ask to wish. Nutton asked when the when the world the world war would end. That's easy, the man said. It will end in July. Then Nudgeons laughed, but laughed, but the hitchhiker rep- repeated his prediction and said it would come true as surely as you will have a dead man in your car before you reach home. Near Indianapolis, an ambulance passed the Nudgeon car skidded and overturned in a ditch. The driver asked Nudgeon to take the patient to the hospital in Indianapolis. The patient was dead on arrival. Creepy. Come on. Right? Like, things are getting weird. Hmm. It just keeps going. There's just tons of these vanishing hitchhiker stories. And I don't know what to make of it. I just happened to think, I was like, I remember seeing that kind of, remember I told mm-hmm. you guys at the beginning, I was like, what's creepy right now? Like what would be creepy to do is pick up a hitchhiker. Oh yeah. That's just going to be creepy, right? There's too many weird things that go along with it mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? And then I just happened to look up vanish or disappearing hitchhiker event and this oh, whole story. Up. And again, this is from 1981. Yeah, so would you, again... You were a guy. Mm-hmm. That way, whatever. We'll take the male, female, worry some part out of it. Still worrisome, right? Um, you see a dude out in the middle of nowhere, or a woman out in the middle of nowhere. You Would you be more willing to pick up a... You'd probably a female. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I go, is it like the Bonnie and Clyde situation. Right. <laughs> right. Or something like You're gonna that. You're going to pull over and sh- he's going to come he's out. He's going to be in the bush. bushes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Next story. <laughs> and I just swallowed wrong. Next story. So there's a judge. The judge says to him that his wife just moved here a year ago. We used to live two miles down the road, he says, but her house was lightning 
struck and burnt plumb down. There ain't nothing left now but an old chimney. The traveler says, yes, he's seen the chimney when he rode, when he rode into town there last night. I didn't mind losing the house, the judge says. Only our daughter was sick in bed. We carried her out to the gate, but the shock was too much for her, and she died the same night. The fellow just sat there, and the judge went on talking, went on a talking about what a fine girl his daughter was, and how him and the old woman was pretty lonesome nowadays. We buried her right, right in that little graveyard, says the judge. You can see her stone from the front gallery. There ain't a day that goes by, rain or shine, that my wife don't walk over there and set by the grave a while. Sorry if I can't talk in old timey. <laughs> Everything was mighty still for a minute, and then the traveler says, what's your daughter's name? Sounds kind of funny, but he was obliged to know her name was Lucy, the judge says. Going back. A long, artistically told story, a highly detailed version of the same legend was collected in Mountain Home, Arkansas by Vance Randolph in 1941. Here, the girl rides double behind a young man, holding on to him and breathing, and breathing against his neck. She says her name is Lucy and asks to dismount a short distance before her home. Near a small country cemetery, the young man rides onto her home, eats supper with her father, and, the judge, and it was Judge Stapleton. And that was the description her father gave. Okay. So, you're talking stuff on horseback at this point. Yeah. I'm never picking up <laughs> a hitchhiker. A hitchhiker. Again? Like, I have a truck too. Like, you're not even getting in the back of that thing. I, and if you do get in the back thing because you're in the middle of nowhere, I'm not opening that little sliding right. window thing. And then if they do disappear, you can just be like, they must have jumped out when I was slowed down. Right? Yeah. And like, that's what I'm going to go with. So there are just tons of stories. Go do a little research on your own on these. Yeah. Because the, the more recent ones that, like I had said, are like the Fukushima one. Yeah. And those, the, sometimes like the Japanese stories where they're just soaking wet and they're sobbing and they're crying in the backseat because they're missing family. Yeah. That's there's creepy. a lot of that's lore. That's creepy and sad. Yeah. It's sad and creepy. So these are a couple of um, photos that I was thinking where you have just kind of along oh, yeah. the road, right? Where we've seen, we watch the ghost stories, right. like the whatever, unexplained stuff, yeah. and they'll drive by and there'll be just some weird apparition on and the a side, white right? Gown. I would never yeah. pick anybody up in a white gown. No. 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 Why would you? Wouldn't even stop. No. 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 Yeah. You just, or like turn around. Yep. Right? No. Nope. But this is the reality, is what I actually think is probably going to happen. And that's mine. Oop, that's yours. Sorry. My bad. This one right here. It's going to be a clown. Oh, yeah. Just no. a creepy clown. And I'm not picking that. Again, me and clowns. Ever since Poltergeist. <laughs> the original right? one in the 80s. No yeah. clowns. Nope. Pass. Nope. So clowns, don't do it. Don't pick up a creepy clown. You know, that's, that's just funny. kind of one of those things. So, all right, let me shut that off. All right. So that's my story. Just kind of go out there. Find some funny, weird, or not funny, just kind of creepy. Yeah, that was good stories. Makes you think about it. Now you're yeah. just going to see some dude like running down the road. You're now, like, every time you see them hitchhiker, up, never hitchhiker, hitchhiker, I'm going to be like, are you going to vanish? Are, are you? you really there? Are you going to vanish? Especially if you're on a kind of creepy old de desolate road. Right? Yeah, totally. So, Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of the Castro Files. Yes, thank we you. We will catch you all next time. Bye, Cheers. guys. Have a great week. Bye. Do 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 do.